If your patients take advantage of flexible spending accounts to help pay for their medical care, the health reform law is triggering some changes for them and your practice in 2011. Most notably, over-the-counter items like pain relievers, allergy medications, will require a prescription. You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, your host, and joining me today is Dr. Roland Gertz. Dr. Gertz is president of the American Academy of Family Physicians, which represents more than 94,000 doctors and medical students across the country. He's a physician from Waco, Texas. He previously served three years as a director on the American Academy of Family Physicians Board. He has practiced medicine for more than 25 years. He has also been active in education, having served as chair of the Department of Family and Community Medicine at the University of Texas Medical School in Houston. He has been the CEO of foundations that oversee operations at the Waco Family Health Center, which provides care to more than 50,000 patients in McLennan County, Texas. He also holds an appointment at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical School in Dallas. Dr. Gertz graduated from medical school at the University of Texas Health Science Center in San Antonio. He then completed a residency in family medicine at John Peter Smith Hospital in Fort Worth. He subsequently completed a clinical teaching fellowship in family medicine and received a master's degree in business administration from Baylor University in 2003. I'm so happy to have Dr. Gertz with us. Dr. Gertz, welcome to the show. Well, Bruce, thank you for inviting us to comment. Yeah, well, so tell us a little bit about this. I mean, healthcare reform is so complicated, and I think one of the challenges not only patients are going to face, but physicians, is that come 2011, people with flexible spending accounts, and there's not a big chunk of America, but people who definitely are watching their spending, and so to speak, and they watch all these things, they're going to require a prescription with certain medications. Tell us a little bit about that. Certainly, and interestingly that this is the topic for today, I received one of my personal finance journals that I read, you know, in my leisure time, what I have. And there was actually an article in there urging patients to work with their physicians to understand this new rule. And essentially what it means is that a a lot of patients taking over-the-counter medications, if they want their flexible spending accounts to pay for those medications, are now going to have to have prescriptions from their physicians in order to qualify for that fund to pay for those prescriptions. One of the concerns that some of my colleagues are voicing is how much paperwork will this create? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, the positives of this are that yeah, I can't tell you how often I take care of patients who believe that over-the-counter medicines aren't important enough to even mention to me in, in the scheme of how we take care of them. Doctor, so one of the positives of this is if your patients suddenly have to get a prescription and come see you to let them know that they're on over-the-counter medications, one of the positives you're talking about is that it could cause a conversation, spur a conversation about maybe something that is over-the-counter that might not be working for them or might be unsafe. Absolutely. The more information that you have about the patient, particularly the -the over-the-counter medications that a patient takes in relationship to the other medicines that are, you know, by prescription for chronic illnesses, the better it is for developing the right care plan for the patient. I also can't tell you how frequently I notice that when I discuss things with patients, how frequently they may be inappropriately or, you know, not with bad intent, taking over-the-counter medicines in a way that may not be helping them very much. Now, in the law, what are some of the -the over-the-counter medical items that will require a doctor's authorization? As I understand it, it's going to cover virtually all of the more common things that are used for pain relief, more of the common things that are used for indigestion, just virtually almost all of the medications. Now, some of the devices and some of the other items that you might get covered under the flexible savings account are not covered. 
And I think the best thing to do is make sure that you talk that over with your physician or find the information from your coverage, from your flexible saving account, because I would anticipate they're going to be distributing a lot of information about this to those that have those accounts. Yeah, and that is interesting that just in case for our listeners out there, physicians and patients alike, you'll probably have heard about this during your open enrollment season. But then again, if they haven't, are physicians through the academy, are they being asked to maybe post things in their office or let people know so they're not completely getting bogged down with this? Absolutely. One of the things that is the academy's concern is that this may catch some physicians by surprise. I mean, Mm -hmm. we have lots of members who are out there, you know, working hard every day, taking care of many patients and are not as likely to be aware of some of these flexible savings accounts. And as you said, the presence of them or the penetration or whether or not patients have them is a bit spotty and a little less frequent in some areas than in other areas. So we're trying to make sure that physicians understand that this is coming. Well, one of the interesting things is there's a Hewitt Associates, which is a benefits firm that I deal with in my reporting. They show that one in five employees contributed to a flexible spending account this last year, and 75% of these expenses were for medical treatments and prescription drugs. Especially in this economy, do you have a lot of patients in Waco that take advantage of flexible spending accounts? We do here. We have a number of larger employers that include this option. Indeed, our own center has a flexible savings account. So I'm a little bit probably more aware of this and more concerned about making sure that our own employees and staff that work at the clinic system that I'm part of know about the issues and also making sure that our physicians know about what's coming also. The other thing, too, that physicians might want to be mindful of, and I get this in my reporting, is that a lot of people sort of wait until the end of the year to exhaust their spending accounts because it's a use it or lose it proposition. So I'm hoping, and doctor's offices are generally flooded toward the end of the year anyway because kids are home from college or whatever. Any advice out there on what they might want to do? Well, hopefully all the flexible savings account won't have the same annual dates that end at the same time. For example, ours has a mid-year ending date. So hopefully this will be spread across the year and it won't impact the paperwork that a physician would have to help a patient with all at one time. But one of the things that I think is really important to all of this is for a patient to work with their physician through this so that it doesn't happen at the very end of a reporting period. I would guess that one of the reasons that the rule was put in place was to sort of make sure that things that the flexible savings accounts were not all of a sudden used for things that may not be needed for patients. If you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, your host, and joining me today is Dr. Roland Gertz. Dr. Gertz is a family physician. He joins us from his office in Waco, Texas, but he is the president of the American Academy of Family Physicians, and family physicians and primary care doctors across the country are going to be getting a lot of questions about the health care reform law, which has a lot of benefits. And one of them is this rule change that requires patients who have flexible spending accounts, of which that's not a huge number of people, but it's, you know, we're talking one in five who work for big companies. If they have flexible spending accounts, they're going to need a prescription for certain items such as, you know, over-the-counter medications, ointments, and the like. Now, doctor, we were talking earlier about Some of the good things that this will bring as far as a conversation between patients, any sort of negatives that doctors are really bracing for here? The largest concern that my colleagues have shared with me is the paperwork issue that this will create. Mm -hmm. I don't really have a, a guess about how much average paperwork increases might occur for the physicians out there, but 
certainly if the patients want the coverage of the flexible savings account, they're going to need to get the prescription. And a prescription for this purpose is a little bit different from the reason that we write prescriptions that you know, are dealt with the pharmacist in a pharmacy as opposed to this use. Now, I would think that this could spur some more visits to the doctor's office, which is probably a situation where the patient's like, you know, this is going to cost me money. But if it's under the health care reform, if it is a preventive measure, now does that qualify under health care reform where this would be covered? I don't know the answer to that exactly, particularly since it's the flexible savings account issue. It'd be my hope that patients would put a little thought into this and a little bit of planning and include this conversation if they have a flexible savings account with the other routine visits that you know a patient should be having with their primary care physician and family physician as they go through their life. Yeah, that's a good point because when you think about it, there really isn't a financial excuse anymore in this first year of health care reform for people not to go see their doctor to get things checked up because they're not going to have to pay a copay or deductible for preventive medical care. That's correct. And so where was the family physicians on this issue? Was this, or how did this come about? I suppose if I were to have a member of Congress on the show, you'd get 535 different answers. So why was this figured into the bill on requiring prescriptions for over-the-counter medications? That's a good question. And interestingly, the Academy took no position on this and was not asked to take a position on it. And my guess it was driven more from a validation of use of the flexible savings account and maybe actually more from an IRS perspective than it was from a healthcare perspective, which are the areas that we focused on. Now, of the patients that you see that do use flexible spending accounts, just for maybe physicians out there listening, what kind of a person is this? Is this generally somebody who's you know watching their savings, somebody who maybe has chronic conditions? Are these people fairly savvy about their health anyway? I think they're more in a category of people who do spend time planning because obviously one of the questions you asked before or the issue you brought up with flexible savings account is that they're use it or lose it. So some of the more unhappy participants in flexible savings accounts I've seen are those that have, you know, set out the amount that they anticipate using, don't use it, and then it goes back to the system because they don't retain that in the flexible savings accounts. The other types of accounts they might. So it does require patients to plan. And so most of the ones that I've seen are those that spend a little bit more time thinking about that. Well, I actually have a list here, too, just for people kind of thinking, oh, my goodness, what are they going to ask me about? And some of the over-counter items are, that will require a doctor's order are acid controllers, the allergy sinus medications, antibiotics that are over-the-counter. We brought up earlier the whole issue of safety. You know, the FDA obviously has its hands full with a lot of issues, but increasingly I'm thinking of the good side of this is that, you know, there have been a lot of high-profile instances where over-the-counter medicines, even cold medicines, more for children, have come under scrutiny, and you probably never have a patient come in and ask you about them. Unless there's, of course, a high-profile fatality. Unless there's a problem or an issue, that's correct. And, and it, again, many patients don't consider their over-the-counter usage of medicines as, as important to them or to mention to their physician, and this might increase that, and that would be good for that patient's care. And also, the other thing is a lot of people don't realize the number of things that are actually available over-the-counter. You know, you're talking about certain catheters, diagnostic tests. I know there was a controversy that I wrote about where some of the big retailers, they were thinking about selling genetic tests over the counter, and then they sort of backtracked on that because it wasn't FDA approved. So you probably, a family physician, you see it all. 
there's probably all sorts of things out there that are over the counter or maybe people think are over the counter that they might be coming in and asking you about, which is probably a good thing. It is a good thing. And there have been over the last 10 or so years, a number of previous prescription medicines that are now available over the counter. And one of the issues that you always are concerned about is whether or not the use of those and in the amount that they're being used may have some contradiction with the current prescription medicines that the patient really needs for hypertension, congestive heart failure, diabetes, or other types of chronic illnesses that need to be treated, you know, appropriately and aggressively. And do you see uh, any other things with health reform kicking in here that people should be mindful of related to this? Related to the flexible savings account, no, I think this is a, a somewhat more contained area, but there are a whole host of issues that are related to the health redesign that are going to begin kicking in after the first, particularly some insurance reforms that a lot of the American public have wanted to be in place for a number of years. And, and there are also an awful lot of regulation and rules yet to be written as far as some of the other implementation features of the Act. Well, with that, I would like to thank Dr. Roland Gertz, who's been our guest. He is a family physician, and he joins us from his offices in Waco, Texas. He is the president of the American Academy of Family Physicians. And we have been talking about benefits in the healthcare reform law, specifically the idea that those consumers out there and patients of physicians who have flexible spending accounts are going to have to see your doctor if you want to get reimbursed and use a prescription for something that is over-the-counter that you may be taking or thinking about taking. You can also go on the government's website at healthcare.gov, and there are also ways to answer questions there. I'd like to thank Dr. Gertz again, who's been our guest, and you've been listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD online, on demand, and on the air. Please check us out at ReachMD.com, and thank you today for listening.